You're listening to the ramblings of the Freewee, and that stands for French and Kiwi, and that's me. I'm your host, Jean-Philippe Giel. In this podcast, I document my entrepreneurship journey building Symbionic Labs. I talk about the latest tech trends, AI, blockchain, Web3, the metaverse, AR, and VR. Most importantly, I talk about data ownership and privacy. I share my opinions, the good, the bad, sometimes ugly, but I always try to remain practical. If you're ready, let's dive in. Now, um, this is a completely new thing to me. Content creation, of course, is not new. Um, in my mind, I've done a lot of things like that. Um, I've never done a video log or vlog or, you know, a sort of um, podcast uh, format. And, um, you know, the thing is with content creation is those who do it really well and, and regularly are either um, doing it professionally and they're paid for it or um, they find a way to monetize it in some, in some uh, shape or form. Um, and or they have a strong promotional incentive to do that. Now, um, I've never had that uh, situation come up. I've um, professionally have had uh, other people do it for me. Um, but uh, today I've decided to um, sort of jump in and um, see if I can, uh, if I can do this uh, on a regular basis because of the projects that I'm involved in at the moment um, and uh, require me to share a lot more with the audience and 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 find uh, the right audience so here here it is it's a pilot i'm hoping that um, you enjoy what you're gonna see what i talk about now i've chosen the setting of doing this in my car um why simply because uh, family is important in my life and uh, i drive my son to school and that commute is about 35 minutes uh, one way and uh, 35 minutes uh, back and so, um, you know, it's probably a good idea if I can um, use that time um, to, to do something else. So I've just dropped him off. It's uh, 8.55 in New Zealand. And uh, we're at the beginning of uh, winter. Well, it's technically probably still autumn. Um, something I've never gotten used to because I'm a Northern Hemisphere child. And living in the South, Southern Hemisphere now for over 20 years. Um, it's always feeling funny for me to be cold in, in, in the month of June, July, um, August, um, when I'm normally feeling very hot. And um, I still can't um, uh, agree that it's Christmas when comes um, nice sunny days and beach times and, and all these, um, you know, summer activities. Uh, for me, uh, Christmas is going to have to have some snow um, but anyway, that's just these considerations aside. What are we going to talk about? Well, um, I'm a tech and marketing guy. Um, I've uh, built my career at FMCG. I used to work for Heineken Breweries. That's where I started. Um, I've kind of built brands to ground up. And, and what I mean by that is because I was in the field as a salesperson, merchandising person, um, and, and not in the supermarket space, but rather in the, what we call the Oregon market space hotel, restaurant and catering, I've kind of learned, um, you know, a scenario where you sell onto a wholesaler with a sales force and that wholesaler with his sales force takes you into a, a, your your customer, uh, which is a cafe, a hotel, a restaurant, a club or, uh, you know, some sort of entertainment hospitality area. And then they have beer in this case that they then sell on to the end final consumer. Um, so you've got these filters and, and you've got these um, uh, 
touch points um, marketing terms where you need to get your message across. So that's kind of my foundation school. Um, and then I moved on to sell mobile phone technology and then I worked in the tech industry. Uh, why did I work in the tech industry? Briefly, in a nutshell, I consider myself to be a, a failed engineer, uh, electronics engineer. Um, I wanted to be an electronic engineer when I was 15. Um, I was passionate about radio, um, sort of the time of citizen band and um, sort of technology, electronic technology and, and things like that. I went and in France you do these one year sort of you know, decision uh, uh, and, and then I had to have all these um, you know, technical drawing and workshop and uh, uh, where I learned pneumatics and all sorts of um, um, you know, the mathematics side of things gets more complicated to do a lot of trick. Um, but to be honest, um, the, all of that was failed for me uh, when I was 15. Anyway, um, my math level wasn't up to spec. Um, and um, at the end of that year, wonderful year, uh, I remember the discussion where well, the teacher said, well, you, you're really good at everything else. Um, um, Sorry, when you hear these little beeps, it's my radar detector. That's a speed camera. Um, so the teacher said, oh, you, you're really good at all this. It's fantastic, but you know, you're not good at the technical subtopics. So history, languages, all these other topics, you were you know, above average. Uh, and uh, when it came to, we, we just can't let you pass to the next year. Um, you're just not good at those um, technical topics, you know, physics. And, and I was good in physics when we talked about electronics and electricity, but everything else just wasn't really going through. Um, you know, technical drawing was a big fail. Um, and um, workshop, you know, CNC, milling, uh, uh, all that. No, no, not for me. I, I remember the teacher handing me over a really hot piece of steel that had just been milled. Uh, and to him it wasn't hard, I was just saying, hey, hold this for a minute, and it's just like, what? <laughs> you know, I kind of, you know, I kind of lost there. Um, so, yeah, not for me, and you can go back into, uh, well, you either redo the year, or you go into the next year, but not in a technical, um, not in a technical topic. Um, so, can't be an electronic engineer, though we've got other branches, and uh, business or economics is one of them. And at the time, my dad was a banker, a banker, as it like, not a, not a bank owner, but um, worked in a bank um, all of his life, pretty much. Um, so said to me, you know, my son, uh, is, you know, electronics and radio and all that stuff, it doesn't have to be a career. It can be a hobby. And so, um, yeah, I kind of got sold. Uh, he said, oh, you know, business, more important in life. Um, if you know how to run a business and, uh, and do this sort of things, um, you'll be fine. And yeah, so I went back and I did a bachelor baccalaureate, sorry, in France uh, in economics, and then I continued in you know business administration uh, sort of path, and uh, ended up with an MBA uh, with an exchange program in the U.S., etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can check all that on my profile. I'm pretty transparent. There's tons of information on um, on the internet about me, and not that um, um, any any of it is actually interesting. <laughs> but uh, um, so 
yeah, I consider myself an engineer because actually, you know, um, fate always follows you, and uh, no matter what you want, you try to do in your life, and and if you have a passion for something, you, know, you want to work into something you're passionate, and um, well, and it comes back. So I ended up working in tech, and I'm you know, as marketing guy in tech, I'm not an engineer, but of course, always very close to development teams and R and D teams, and always interested in that sort of stuff. I ended up, you know, making it my hobby. And um, I'm a ham radio operator. I, I like to build things. Um, I'm learning. You know, I don't know how to do uh, very well. Um, I vaguely know how to draw PCB. I know uh, I'm learning 3D printing, um, all that stuff. You know, I can operate Fusion 360 from a distance um, and do some basic things. But um, uh, CAD drawing, that's not, not really um, something I'm very good at. But but I'm passionate about it. I love it. I don't want to. That's what I want to learn. Um, and and one of the things um, I do. So that was my attraction in tech. So long story short, I managed to speak quite a bit. Um, yeah, I ended up working in tech and marketing tech. And my last job in New Zealand when I came here, um, <clears throat> moved on from the distributor to being um, you know um, one of the top the three people who started Samsung New Zealand. Worked my ass off for about two years, three years. Um, really, the whole thing was about um, 2005 till 2008. Um, and then decided to go work for myself um, in the midst of the 2008 crisis. Started the Ripple Hub as a marketing agency. Thought uh, I could scale up or, you know, do something um, in this market. Music is very small for those who understand the market here. I remember at the time laughing at people um, working in their garage saying I'm a marketing consultant or and I work from my garage. It's like, why would you work from your garage? You know, why don't you want an office in the city and be able to entertain clients and, and you know, um, give them a sense of who you are, your values, your brands, and, you know, sort of help them build their brand. And it turns out that works for maybe four, five, six agencies, the top ones in the country. Um, it doesn't really work very well for the others. Um, you know, the more you scale up in people, um, the more you need to scale up in revenue, um, and the pie is not that big. So it ends up being very difficult to scale. And now, uh, and 2009, 2022, um, I've been working in my garage for about four years, five years um, now, uh, six years, sorry. Um, 2015 is when I moved out of that office space that costed me five grand a month <laughs> and that I wasn't really making the most of. Um, so, yeah, um, that's that's me in a nutshell. Now, I've always wanted to, to start um, other things and, and I've, I'm passionate about another topic which is um, health and fitness. Now I'm not a, don't get me wrong, if you see those guys going to the gym or those girls, um, you know, every week, three or four times, and really obsessed about what they're eating, what they're, I totally respect that, but I'm not one of those. Um, I try it. When, I, when I'm into it, I can be pretty good. Um, like, you know, when I managed to get in, in the zone, 
or disciplined enough. Um, I'm very, um, yeah, I would watch what I eat. I would count my calories. I would really be watching nutrition um, advice and um, I would train probably twice a week um, and go to the pool once a week or something like that. So I, I was, I, I managed to, uh, and I take weight easily. I've got a, a metabolism that's not that fast. Um, so I've, I've yo-yoed a lot. Um, I love food, so that's uh, that's a big thing, and I, I love what um, sort of um, uh, pleasures of food. <laughs> so it's a bit of a reward uh, bath for me, um, and sometimes the beaching, beaching behavior as well. So something I'm learning to control. Um, but you know, 110, 120, um, I've never really been that much over, but that's all already a lot. I'm about 1.9 um, meters high. Don't ask me what that is in feet. Um, six some oh six something, but you know. <laughs> uh, um, and um, so, yeah, I've I've yo-yoed a lot, but I've dropped it three times, down to 86, down to 94. Um, recently down to a hundred and then I've taken back a little bit. Um, it's very related to my mood and um, to um, the chemistry with my body. And I've been watching very interesting uh, podcasts and, and things at the moment. I would recommend following, um, what's his name? Uh, Andrew Newman. Uh, no, Andrew Huberman. I, I would... Uh, recommend following Andrew Huberman, Professor Huberman from Stanford. Um, big fan of uh, of his work and of his podcasts. Um, very interesting. I'm interested in neuroscience as well. Um, I guess I've got a few interests, but um, he connects that. He's a neuroscientist. And, and so the, the neuroscience of sports, health and fitness is a topic that really, really, really resonates with me. Because I, I sometimes think that there is more to just training, you know. It's, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You, you, I mean, you see all these athletes and, you know, they work really hard all their life and they will end up dying young. You know? um, cancer or, or you know, um, the injuries. Or, I mean, you know, the body is an asset. You use it too much. Um, and that's it doesn't regenerate entirely so there is uh, there is a reality out there is that you need to take care of yourself you need to take care of your body and it's not a it's not a, a high performance sport thing it's a, it's a long-term thing it's um you know how to preserve uh, that asset um it does it does get damaged if you don't exercise at all um and it does ex it doesn't get damaged if you exercise too much um, so yeah, it's about the right balance of everything. And then I guess Asian philosophies have got to teach us a lot more in that space than us Westerners sort of don't really, you know, think we have mind over body sort of thing, uh, body over mind. None of these is true. Uh, uh, both harmonious mind and body is what you need to achieve. Um, so I'm digressing a bit, but I guess I'm, I got to get to um, uh, 
the project I'm working on at the moment, and that is um, something I've called, just get into that lane, symbionic um, or symbionic IQ. Uh, why symbion? Symbion as in symbiosis, um, some sort of state of harmony. Uh, and um, IQ, intelligence, obviously, or knowledge. Um, and um, the idea is that we can use technology uh, to educate ourselves on the state of our body. And I think what we're missing, we, we do have a lot of um, mechanisms built into the body to tell us how the body feels or where it's at, or you know, we kind of, for some of us, lost touch. Um, with our bodies um, and, and understanding them and, and knowing um, what we need when we need it. Um, you know, when we um, make a movement and we fall, uh, we learn um, a mechanism by, you know, chemical mechanism, um, adrenaline, things like that, that, you know, get popped into your body that trigger some changes. You know, I, I did watch podcast, Wilbermann uh, uh, podcast, talking about how that actually triggers also a, a change in um, um, the brain, uh, the structure of the brain, um, making new neurons. You know, um, and and there was no such thing of muscle memory, for example. That's a concept that we've, we you know, brought into common language, but actually there's no science, no evidence. Uh, behind muscle memory exactly what we uh, are able to see according to Eberman is um, that um, we actually develop memories simply and it's neurons uh, and memories uh, of that and then we we improve so athletes train and train and train and train uh, to develop those memories the one we call muscle memory well, I guess we could keep using that concept although they don't exist uh, because it speaks for itself um, and basically all it says is um, you will then acquire the right motion. You'll perfect your motion um, by, by a series of trial and failure. Um, so a symbionic, um, symbionic IQ um, is a company that wants to explore the space of health and fitness and technology and how technology can improve um, and help us learn um, better behaviors. Um, I really see, I'm gonna start really wide. Um, the business coach will say, well, there's no product there, a product market fit. Yes, you do. But I, I, I like to define the field in which I'm operating. And for that, I think the field is wide um, and it's, it's health and fitness and it's technology that brings insights. Uh, to health and fitness. And how do you bring insight into health and fitness? Well, uh, you measure stuff. You put metrics and dashboards and things that you to inform the user of their performance. So, you know, it goes, we've all got Apple Watches now or, or Android Watches. It was Google Fit or Apple Health. Um, we can see our heart rates um, and we can monitor that pretty much 24 seven now. We can make monitor oxygen in the blood uh, we can monitor, um, if we put uh, electrodes, we can me measure uh, um, the, the, the electricity in our muscles, you know, we can measure 
muscle dense, muscle tension, muscle muscle contraction, intensity um, in in training. And so there's a bunch of tools for that. Um, and we can measure, um, you know, we've got this neat little devices called accelerometers, gyroscopes. Um, they can me measure some sort of velocity, some sort of joint angle, some sort of, um, you know, you can, you can, um, you know, they, they, they do this. I, I start swimming with my watch and after a couple of, um, lands, the watch comes back and says, Hey, are you swimming? Would you like to recall that swim? Um, and, uh, and, and all it is, is the, the, the accelerometer in the watch and the gyroscope knows that I've gone one way and I made a, a movement that had a particular pattern. Um, and I've got another way and then I've got another way. It looks like the distance is equal. So I'm in some sort of equal distance scenario. Um, and I'm not running because it's not shaking vertically. It's like horizontal or something like that, or less, less vertical shake. So we got pattern recognition engines that says, that sees the data that looks at it and it says, oh, that looks like swimming, you know? And, and, and then it goes, it's got a stride pace measurement. Well, so that, that is all about pattern recognition in the air. So that is, um, that is now possible. It's been, I don't know, five, seven years now that these technologies become really almost mainstream. Um, and, and it's very interesting. It brings a lot of insights, but how do you connect those insights with human beings and in a, in a way that they actually find them meaningful and they can change behavior and influence behavior. Um, and I think that is still missing in, in a way. They are still not fully connecting the dot. I mean, for the most advanced of us, high performance athletes, people who are really, really into their sports, They'll use that all the time. They'll be they'll be uh, monitoring uh, what they eat, what they burn, in terms of calories, exercise, so that they can manage their nutrition. You know, obviously the concept being fuel in, fuel out, um, and making sure you don't do what I do, which is eat too much and don't burn it. Um, and and and, and uh, doing that, not only just fuel in, fuel out which is a bit old school now, um, but also watching nutrition and, and putting your body in a, in a, in a zone where your metabolic health is very flexible. That's a bit of marketing term there, but that, that means that, um, you know, you'd be burning fats instead of burning, um, muscle. That's, that's, you know, it's quite easy to fall into a reverse loop which is you're actually burning muscle and metabolizing fat. Um, all of this takes nutrition knowledge, uh, monitoring of your exercise, monitoring of your intakes, um, and um, your general health. So kind of, it kind of is missing an overarching picture. And that's what Apple Health or Google Fit aims to do, but you'd have to wonder sometimes when you do that, um, you know, you're kind of giving all the data to a big corporate and integrating all that. Not being a scaremonger here, but in this day and age, I think it's it's an important dimension. And I've seen the rise, I'm not sure if this is the same in other countries in the world, but 
New Zealand's got these programs there, you know, insurance programs there, uh, where they say, hey, you would, would, would you want to download our app on your Apple Watch? And the thought of having my insurance company monitor my moves is not exactly my favorite. Um, you know, you obviously imagine that they, there's a future where they say, oh, sorry, you're not covered because we've got your watch and we've got your location and we know you've been doing ground stuff and you haven't been, you know, you've been eating too much and you haven't been, you know, exercising yet. We, we could prove it. We now have evidence. So, you know, you will only be covered at this rate if you were uh, behaving like a, like a good gym buddy. But if you're not, then that we're applying a different rate is going to cost you an arm and a leg now because you're a high risk person. Um, you know, I, I, that's not a world where I want to live in. To be honest, sorry. I'm, I'm happy for insurance companies to take a bet. I'm happy for insurance companies to give discounts if you can prove a, a pattern of behavior by sharing a particular or dismiss a you know a claim saying, oh, we, we think your heart health is not good and say, well, here is my heart health records for the last six months. I re retrospectively share them with you and you can lift that ban or, or you know, agree to insure me. Um, in that scenario, that's okay. But you monitoring this 24-7 in my, um, and me being, a, uh, you know, a, obnoxious to it, no, um, that doesn't make um, ethical sense to me, sorry. So, health and fitness, monitoring, um, you know, giving people dashboards and insights. Yeah, that's all great. That's very simple. That's actually done already. Google Health, Google Feet, Apple Health. Um, what else could I do? Well, there's one area that has actually not been tapped in. Um, and partly because of the hardware technology being completely available, but now it is. Um, but there's a few challenges to solve but none that appear to me that, that they can't be solved. That, that area is um, the ability to teach people the correct movement. Now, teaching people the correct movement, now you think of a medical setting, yeah? You think of these um, biomechanics, um, physio um, labs and, and all chiropractors, but that's a different branch physio labs where they would, um, you know, help you analyze your movement and um, golf, for example, is a good, is a good sport to look at, you know, practice your swing and then the golfers, they've got money. It's a sport that has good funding. And so they've developed that they've got, they've got like motion labs where you can record your swing. And so you've got cameras, uh, you know, motion capture technology widely used in gaming, widely used in movie making, and recently completely mainstream, um, where you've got these little fluorescent sensors across a body suit, and you've got cameras everywhere in the room that they track the dots. And with that, we can wreck, you know, we can rebuild um, an avatar of yourself, and we can slap on textures and skins and things, and and um, we can then break down that movement and analyze it. 
and we can look at joint angles, we can look at a whole bunch of things. And so um, you've got a, a sort of medical practitioner almost analyzing this golf swing of yours and telling you how you transfer your weight, how you rotate your torso, how your, your arms, uh, and where the velocity comes from and how it should come from a different place. And that if you had your shoulders more engaged, et cetera, et cetera, I'm just uh, making caricature of it a little bit. So um, now you can see where I'm going, but that's all in a setting that is a indoor studio medical-ish setting. Not something you can do on your own, right? You can't just go into the field or the golf course and um, do a golf swing and, and check how good you did. And the reason you can't is because one, the hardware is not wireless and portable enough. Um, you might have internet conditions that go on to that, but now cellular technology and 5G is getting out there pretty much widely accepted, although I must admit in New Zealand we have a lot of desert areas where network is just not there, uh, but that's an aside. So, I mean, technology-wise, all of this is coming together. It's all, it's all there. In, in the ideal case, you'd be able to do that out on your own in the field. Um, but you don't have a solution. You don't have a, there's no app. Um, there are some, you know, you can mention that, apps that allow you to use the video camera on your phone and monitor your golf swing with that. Yeah, not super accurate, but not very practical. Uh, not easy to put your phone in front of you or is it some angle issue, etc. Um, and um, yeah, there are little devices, you know, accelerometers, gyroscopes. You can just clip that onto your golf club or in your handle of your golf club. Or, you know, the tennis racket, the bubble racket. They have that. You know, they have this accelerometer stuff to go into your racket. Hasn't really broken ground to the point where people were amazed that everybody's using it. It's still kind of niche in all respect. I think it's niche because people haven't seen the, the right use case. You know, they, it all still feels like a specialist niche thing to do. Why would I bother? You know? um, only if you're a professional player. You would want to really get better and you would really learn your swing. Um, but think about that. If you were able, movement by nature is analog. If you were able to make your movement a digital thing, we're in the, we are in the digital era. So movement should be something you can trade, but you can exchange freely to someone else. So a movement file if this is done correctly, and that's what I'm really interested in doing, but but exploring at the moment. Uh, if this is done correctly, you can record your movement, you can send it to your friend in foreign country somewhere far away. They download it. They can look at it in 3D or VR. And you know, imagine, uh, you know, bird's eye view. You just rotate around your own avatar or something. 
And you really look at the movement in slow motion, you know, and then you can see all the parts and you can drill into it. This limb, this, this. This limb, this everything. And then uh, you can, um, sorry, I was just followed by a big truck. I tried to avoid him before I turned. Um, so yeah, I think um, that's um, that's really the the part. You download it, you train, and you you practice that movement, um, and and the, the app the app on your phone or something, or, or your VR headset or whatever it is. Um, and on VR, it's not always a very practical thing. Um, will tell you, you know, how you're faring, how you're progressing. So. I think that's the area that I want to explore. And um, you know, I've done a lot of research around bio biomechanics, how movement breaks down, how um, you can actually write a movement um, score. You know, think choreography for dance. Uh, you can write it all down and then someone else will just learn it. So that's that's the idea. So that's what Symbionic um, is planning to work on. And I hope you do um, sort of be back on this um, chat with you on a regular basis. I would commit exactly yet on on which um, regular basis I'm planning to do this, but um, um, I will do it um, regularly. And and as we have progress to um, discuss with you, you know, this this topic of you know technology in health and fitness and how we can apply that to actually sort of improve things um, going forward and, and sort of people can actually learn things uh, using that technology. Well, thanks a lot for uh, listening to me. Um, there are no sponsors for this podcast. Everybody normally goes through their list of sponsors. Um, this is just me, my GoPro and my car. Um, thank you for listening and um, you know, I, I hope to catch you again soon on a similar broadcast. Thank you. If you want to find out more, just go to symbionic.com. That's symbionic with an I and a Q at the end. There you'll find all the socials and the different ways you can follow us. In the meanwhile, I would really appreciate if you could subscribe to this podcast, leave a review. If you find this interesting, don't hesitate to share it with a colleague or a friend. That always helps spread the word. And that's all for me today. So I'll see you in the next episode.